And that's the purpose of this particular sermon series, that we would learn not only to approach Jesus and to be at the feet of Jesus, but that when we're there, we actually are going deeper. Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Now, here's Pastor Bill. Well, it looks like this week we're going to have plenty of time to practice what I've been preaching on this new year, spending time at the feet of Jesus, actually going deeper in our love relationship with Him. Now, at the feet of Jesus and deeper can simply be a slogan, a sermon series, or it can be a reality in our hearts. There are all kinds of famous slogans that you've grown up with, some that you're very familiar. Uh, I'll give you a little trivia to get us started this morning and see how many of these famous slogans you can get correct. Here's the first one. It's on the screen. Have it your way. What company is that their famous slogan? All right. If you got it right, it is Burger King. How many of you got Burger King? Have it your way. Well, let me give you another shot. Here's another one. Mmm, mmm, good. All right, take a guess there. Surely you know that one, and that could come in very practically this week. That is Campbell's Soup. How many of you got Campbell's Soup? How about this one? They're great. They're great. Some of you might have thought Dallas Cowboys at this point, but that's not the correct answer. Correct answer is Frosted Flakes, and I bet... You have a bowl of those right now with you as you worship. Next one, Breakfast of Champions. Breakfast of Champions, famous slogan. Some would probably say Wheaties. I would say incorrect. It actually is Krispy Kreme. Well done. I hope you got that correct. One last slogan here. How about this one? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? What's your best guess? Some might say Verizon. I would say to you, no, that actually came from the mouth of Jesus himself, the Lord Jesus, as he would spend time sharing truth with his audience, many times he would say, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Well, it was just a few years ago, there was a Nike ad that had another famous slogan. It was Tiger Woods, and in his uh, heyday, at the prime of his career, Nike put out a slogan that said this, before it was incredible, it was impossible. Before it was incredible, it was impossible. Well, I wonder today if we were to walk through the the portals of heaven, through the hallways of eternity, what we might see hanging on the walls, portraits, themes, slogans. I could see certain paintings perhaps hanging there that might have Abraham cradling baby Isaac, and the, 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 the title of the painting might be Oh, baby. I could see other paintings like Daniel in a den full of lions and the title on that painting being The Lions Sleep Tonight. Or David standing over Goliath after he's just defeated him in battle. And the title on that painting perhaps saying How to Get Ahead in Life. I could see Elijah calling down fire from heaven. The title, Light My Fire. But then I could see a dark canvas and as you, as you kind of gaze at that dark canvas, wondering why there's such an abstract painting hanging on the wall, I could see as you look further into the canvas, as you get a closer look, you can see that there's actually a figure in the very center. As you look in, you notice that it's the Apostle Peter. Beneath him, above him, all around him, it's pitch dark. 
Below him are the dark, churning waters of the sea, and before him, the Lord Jesus Christ, walking on those dark waters, encouraging Peter to experience what is believed to be impossible, but will actually become incredible. I think it's easy for us to fall for the lies of the enemy who tries to convince us that we must live a life of normalcy that leads to defeat. The Holy Spirit speaks truth to the Apostle Paul when he boasted, I can do all things, unexplainable things, incredible things. I can do those things, not because I'm an apostle, not because I've grown up in my faith, but because I can do all things through Christ. Too many people uh, know Christ in their salvation, but don't experience Christ in the incredible, in the unexplainable, and in the supernatural. And what I've come to understand is that the longer you walk with Christ, the deeper that reality becomes. And that's the purpose of this particular sermon series, that we would learn not only to approach Jesus and to be at the feet of Jesus, but that when we're there, we actually are going deeper, deeper in our faith, deeper in our understanding and the wisdom and knowledge of who he is. Well, we're looking at Peter and how Jesus took him from being a fisherman to becoming a fisher of men, from being just a normal person living in the area of Jerusalem to becoming a world changer with the preaching of the gospel. How did God do that? Well, last week we saw Jesus get into Peter's boat. We saw him jump in there and teach and then take him out deeper into the water and then demonstrate that it was possible to experience the impossible, that what seemed to be incredible could be a daily experience at the feet of Jesus. Well, this week we'll see Jesus call Peter out of the boat. Last week it's what happened in the boat. This week it's going to be what happened outside the boat. Turn in your Bibles this morning. Go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And I want you to watch God continue to perfect the work that he's begun in Simon. Take a look at it. Verse 22. Immediately afterward, he compelled the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter spoke up, as he always did. He responded and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened, and when he began to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out with his hand, took hold of him, and said to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are truly God's Son. Let's pray together. Father God, today, I pray that this wouldn't be just a familiar story, that this wouldn't be just a familiar passage that we look at and we just summarize as we need to get out of the boat and we need to trust Jesus and, and we don't need to look at the storm and sink in our faith and all those common things we've been taught. 
But instead today, Lord, you would deepen our faith. That we would not listen to the lies of the enemy. That would relegate us to the land of normalcy. But instead, God, you would do the incredible, the impossible, what only you can do as we surrender to you. Lord, teach us these truths now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, let's dig in and let's see what we can learn from this familiar story. The point is not, the whole, the whole piece here was not to teach us how to walk on water. This wasn't what God's purpose was in the moment, although Peter would experience that. No, Jesus had deeper lessons to teach. He wanted to teach us, not just Peter, how we deal with the storms of life, with the realities of difficult circumstances. Certainly, we live in a day and time where we need to learn the same lessons. We need to learn how to trust God and allow God to do what only He can do and begin to lift the bar of expectation and learn to lift the bar of our spiritual reality as we go deeper with Christ. Well, as we look in on this story, here are some lessons to be learned. If you're taking notes, write this down. We walk on water, we experience the impossible, it becomes incredible when, number one, when we attempt something that can't be done in our own strength, which requires God's intervention and power. When was the last time you trusted God with something that was beyond your own strength and your own capacity? When was the last time you looked through supernatural lenses rather than the lenses of your own eyes? When was the last time that we heard the voice of God calling us to do something that didn't make sense and was beyond what seemed possible? Too many people today would just relegate their life to simply doing what everyone else is doing or what we're told we can or cannot do instead of letting Jesus be our shepherd and guiding us to the incredible. We walk on water, second point. When we attempt something we've never done before, when we have no past experience to draw on, all we can do is trust the voice of God in that moment. When Jesus said, come to me, and when Peter even asked for that privilege, he'd never done it before. He simply wanted to be where Jesus was. And so he didn't live by his past experience. He lived in the moment, trusting God where he was in that moment. Could you do the same in this reality that we're living in? Could that be a challenge for you in your walk today? Well, we experience the incredible when we walk on water. When, number three, we attempt something that requires us to act on faith rather than our own understanding or what seems logical or possible. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 warns us, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't just live according to this physical realm, but also allow yourself to experience the supernatural as you trust God to work it out in your life. Here we find Peter experiencing something he'd never experienced before. It didn't make sense. It was beyond his own understanding. Yet he said, Lord, with you, all things are possible. Let me come to you. Well, we need to learn in these days to live in that supernatural reality as well. It may not mean walking on Lake Hefner or going to Lake Overholzer and demonstrating some kind of weird faith of walking on literal water. But what it may mean is that we step out in sharing our faith with someone. It may mean that we learn to give sacrificially to meet someone else's need in a moment when it doesn't make sense. In these days and age we live in, it may mean reaching out to our community in a new 
in fresh ways, something we've never done before. It may require us to face a formidable challenge that we have just allowed to be our reality, that we have allowed to be like a ball and chain that we just drag through our human existence. And maybe it's time we allow God to set us free. For someone, it may mean releasing uh, a hurt, a, a bitterness, a struggle, or a challenge. It may mean pursuing God with a vision that he has laid in your heart that everyone else says is crazy, and yet you know the Lord is calling you in that direction. Each and every one of us is on a journey with God, and some, some in that journey, as we see in this passage, relate to one of several people in the passage. For some, we are considering letting Jesus get into our boat. There may be somebody you've never allowed Jesus to, to enter your heart. You've, you know about him in your head. You know that he calls you to faith and that you have to believe in your heart. And yet you haven't made that decision. It's time to let Jesus in your boat like we saw Peter do last week. For others, there are some who just want to continue smooth sailing, want to be on that Jesus cruise and expect life to just be smooth sailing. There are others who are maybe being challenged right now to step outside that boat, to look to the Lord Jesus and be where he is and where he's leading you to go. Perhaps that's your challenge. Some are in the boat rowing in the wrong direction right now. You're heading away from God's will rather than heading towards the finish line that he's called you to. And for others, there are others who have one foot in the boat and one foot out of the boat. Regardless, the Lord Jesus ministers to each and every one of us exactly where we are. The question is, what will our response be? Well, as we learn in this passage, lesson number one is this, walking on water, experiencing the incredible is optional. It's optional. It's a choice. It's a choice that you have to make each and every day. Here we are in this story and we find the 12 disciples were all in the same boat. They were all in the same storm. They all saw the same Jesus walking on the water. One got out of the boat and went to be where Jesus was at the feet of Jesus. The other 11, notice the other 11 stayed in the boat where they thought they were safe or what they were accustomed to or, or, or where they were comfortable the best they could be in the middle of that storm. We find today that the odds are about the same, 10% seem to be willing to faith God, 90% seem to want to play it safe. They fall into the lie that I need to, I need to be careful because I might fail or I might look radical in this moment or I need my security. That just isn't practical. That isn't rational. Nobody walks on water. Matter of fact, they didn't even let Jesus have that attribute. They thought he was a ghost in the moment. Always living by the practical and the rational. Others listen to the lie, well, I've never done it that way before. I can't do it. Well, of course we can't. That's why we need Jesus. But again, as the Apostle Paul taught, we can do all things through Christ. Peter's about to experience that in this story, in this moment. And we could spend all morning analyzing why the 90% don't get out of the boat, but what I'd rather do is focus on the one who did get out of the boat. I'd rather focus in on that step of faith so we can learn how to walk by faith, so we can go deeper. 
It doesn't take being out at deep sea or in deeper waters or a deeper storm. We just simply every day need to wake up and let Jesus be the Lord of the moment. Last week, we saw Peter experience a supernatural when Jesus got into his boat. Now, I want you to see what happens as Jesus draws Peter out of the boat. You would think that in this moment, Peter, needing another miracle, looking to the past, would cry out and say, hey, Lord, 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 quick, get in our boat, get in our boat. Or maybe he would cry out, Lord, save us. Lord, don't you see the storm? But you see, Peter now is growing in his faith. He knows that the reality isn't just having Jesus in the boat. The reality actually is, I just need to be where Jesus is. The first catch of the great fish, Jesus was in the boat. That's where he needed to be, at the feet of Jesus. Now in this storm, as he looks out, Jesus isn't in this boat this time. Now he sees him out on the water. He knows the answer is to be where Jesus is, to get to the feet of Jesus. Well, the same is true for you and me. And yet we find ourselves, instead of going deeper in our faith and approaching the feet of Jesus in our time of need, we have a tendency to try to drag God out of heaven into the need and cry out to him to still the storm or cry out to him to protect us or cry out to him for whatever. And Peter's response was simply this, Lord, let me come where you are. What if that was our prayer right now? What if that was our focus? Instead of focusing on the storm and the reality of the storm, instead of looking at our boat and see that our boat is starting to capsize, that things are getting overwhelming and beyond our control, what if we simply trusted Jesus to do the impossible and the incredible? And what if our sole desire was not for relief or comfort, but simply to be where Jesus is? Lord, I just want to be with you. Lord, I just need you in this moment. Well, lesson number one, that's an option. That's an option. You can choose, like Peter, to go where Jesus is, or you can miss out on the incredible. Lesson number two is if you want to walk on water, you've heard this preached before, you do have to get out of the boat. You do have to trust him in that moment. And when you're looking for God in the middle of your storm, you will usually find him where you least expect him to be. None of them were expecting Jesus to come walking on the water. As a matter of fact, they thought they were going down. They thought it was all over. They knew Jesus was back on the shore where it was safe, but he's taught them or, or told them that they needed to go sailing into this storm. None of them expected to find Jesus in the middle of the storm. The Bible says here they were many stadia away from the shore. They were distanced from the shore. That means literally about three to four miles out. There was no turning back. There was no getting back to Jesus where they had left him. And yet in the middle of their storm, Jesus becomes their reality. Before they could ever see him, though, Jesus felt a million miles away. That three or four miles had to seem like a distance that was insurmountable and would never ever be bridged and yet in the moment God's going to teach them the incredible Have you ever felt like Jesus is a million miles from you that you're out in the sea all alone that you're drowning and God's nowhere to be found and and he's just left you out there all on your own have you ever felt that way it's easy 
to feel that way. But we also know that's the lie of the enemy. So what do we do? How do we respond when life is overwhelming? Well, let's learn from Peter. Let's learn that we don't have to stay stuck in that boat of depression. We don't have to stay in that boat of despair or doubt. We don't have to stay there. We simply need to find ourselves at the feet of Jesus, crying out to him and saying, Lord, Lord, I just want to be with you. Is that enough? That's actually when you've gone deeper. The next thing I want you to see is we see this story. He's actually going to call out to God, seeking his will first. Go back and look at verse 27. Notice that Peter just doesn't jump into the water to go be with Jesus. Notice his request, verse 27. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it's I. Do not be afraid. So we know that they were in the boat. We know they were fearful. We know that they were overwhelmed. And Jesus speaks into that. Let Jesus speak into that reality that you face today. May you hear the same words Jesus said to them, take courage. He's there. He's always there. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. For some, there's some fearful things that you face, just as they were facing fearful things. The reality is, though, Jesus is our strength. Verse 28. And so Peter responded, and he said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Maybe you need to take some time and say, Lord, I need to see you in this moment. Lord, Lord, I need you to be the Lord of my storm. Maybe you need to respond like Peter and cry out to the Lord right now. And if you do, just right where you are. Don't wait for the end of the sermon. Don't wait till a time of prayer when I'm done preaching. Right now, just cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you in this moment. Lord, I want to find myself at your feet. Well, as we dig in, Peter does cry out to the Lord. And he asks for the Lord to allow him to be where he was. He calls out to God and asks God for the impossible. Think about this. What was he asking? Jesus is out on the water. Peter's in the boat. And Peter says, I want to be where you are. I want to come to you. To get from the boat to Jesus, he had to be able to walk on water. He was willing to trust God. He was willing to see beyond his understanding. And he knew that it was more dangerous to stay in the boat without Jesus than it was to walk on stormy waters. And so he prays for something he's never prayed for before. He trusts God. And I can hear again, before it was incredible, it was impossible. He's about to experience the incredible. Here's my third lesson I want you to see, though. The third thing we learn from the story of Peter as God is deepening his faith is that when this is happening, as God is deepening us, we might sink from time to time, but we will not drown. You know the rest of the story. Peter starts strong. He prays for the incredible. He starts walking on the water doing what no one has ever done. And then he starts again looking around at the storm and the waves and the reality. Instead of staying fixed on the author and finisher of his faith, he looks to the lies of the enemy that wants to finish him off and take him down into the deep sea. His faith got him out of his boat, but his fear got him down. 
And that's true for you and me. There are days that we seem to be super faithful, and then there are other times we struggle with our fears. There are times we are rocking it in our faith and seems like we're going deeper than ever before, and then there's times that we seem to be sinking deeper than ever before. And while it looks like Peter was a failure in his faith, he's actually going deeper and he's actually growing in his faith. Just like when we were children learning how to walk and we would stumble and we would fall and we would wobble, we were simply building new strength to where we'd be able to run, we'd be able to race, and we'd be able to stand firm because of the muscle that was being developed. The same is happening for Peter. The same, I pray, is happening for you right now. That as you're learning to walk by faith, as God is taking you deeper, that you're developing that spiritual muscle and learning how to walk in the Spirit. As we look at this story, we learn some other lessons. It's not our mistakes that make or break us. It's actually how we respond to them. That we will make mistakes. We will fall short. There will be times that we sink in our faith. But notice this. Peter didn't give up. Peter didn't swim back to the boat. Peter didn't accuse God of failing him and setting him up for this failure. He didn't do any of the accusations. He didn't accuse God of not being there for him when he needed him. But he did keep looking to Jesus. Psalm 37. I'll put it up on the screen. Verses 23 and 24 says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord. He delights in his way. But look at verse 24. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong. Because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. As we look at that picture, we see a picture that many have experienced before as they raise their children. As they teach them how to walk, they're there, and, and they don't just give them a command and say, hey, get up and walk. No, they, they get down with the child and they lift them up and, and they hold them by their hands and, and they help them to take those first steps. Same thing is happening here as God is helping his child grow in faith, Peter. The same he's doing for you. The enemy would love to convince you and remind you of your failures, of how you've fallen. He'd love to convince you that you've fallen and you can't get up, and we understand that that's a, a, a lie. And the reality is, the Lord is the one who takes us by the hand. And it's the Lord that we reach out to, and it's the Lord that gives us the strength to take the next steps of faith. Are you going to let the enemy convince you that you're crippled and that you are a failure and that you have fallen one too many times? Or are you willing to trust the promise of this scripture? That he is the Lord of your journey. That he is the one that is establishing your steps, your next steps of faith. And as you take those steps, you're not doing it in your own strength. You actually have the strength of the Lord as you reach out to his hand and as he carries you through whatever storm you face. There's actually a powerful psalm that I've shared before in Psalm 107. The psalmist was at sea and they had been in a boat, much like Peter and the disciples. They also came against a storm, much like the ones the disciples faced. And yet, in their storm, they lost the boat. They were shipwrecked in the middle of the sea. They had no vision of Jesus in that moment, yet they still had faith in the deliverance and supernatural power of God. Turn to Psalm 107, 
verse 23, and find the lessons learned by the psalmist in his boat, in his storm. Verse 23, those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders, where? In the deep. Some of the greatest lessons you'll ever learn is when God takes you to the deep. When you allow him to take you deeper, you will see things you've never seen and experience things you've never experienced before, but learn to trust him in the deep. Look at verse 25. For he spoke and he raised up a stormy wind which lifted up the waves of the sea. They rose up to the heavens. They went down to the depths. Their soul melted away in their misery. Can you imagine this scene? Can you see the graphic picture? He said the waves as if they were lifted all the way up into heaven and then came crashing all the way down to the depths of the seas. Their boat was being rocked. Their boat was being overwhelmed. But look at verse 27. They reeled and they staggered like a drunken man and they were at their wits' end. They tell us today more than ever before in recent history, people seem to be at their wits' end. We're seeing people who are considering things they would never consider before, taking their own life, giving up on a marriage, giving up on a future, giving up on life at their wits' end. What's the response to be? Call it quits? Fail again? Just simply drown and give it up? Look at verse 28. No, they did what Peter did. They cried out to the Lord in their time of trouble. Is that what you need to do in this moment? Instead of drowning, instead of giving up, God is speaking to you and God is calling out to you in the middle of the storm. Cry out to him. That's what they did. It says they cried out to the Lord in their time of trouble. And he brought them out of their distresses. He caused the storm to be still. The waves of the seas, they were hushed. And they were glad because they were quieted. So he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. The psalmist, like Peter, as they were drowning, as Peter was sinking, both cried out to the Lord, both reached out to the Lord, and what happened? What do we see? We find this reality that Jesus was right there reaching and pulling them out of the storm. We find the same thing today if you will look, if you will listen, and if you will cry out. Look at verse 31 again of Matthew 14, and we'll close. That when Peter cried out to the Lord, when the psalmist cried out to the Lord, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him. Immediately, look at this, I'll highlight it. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him. Right now, we could come up with a list of complaints. We could come up with a list of hurts. We could come up with a list of doubts. Or we could simply cry out. We could simply not be overwhelmed by the reality of the boat or the sea that we're rowing in. And instead, simply cry out to the Lord, reaching out to Him and experiencing the incredible. I encourage you to do that right now. Would you bow your head with me and, and would you in this moment trust God for the impossible? You say, it's impossible. God can't fix this. Really? 
Tell that to Peter. Tell that to the psalmist. Tell that to David who came up against Goliath. Tell that to Daniel who was in a lion's den. Tell that to Moses when he needed a red sea to part. God is the God of the impossible. And God invites you to be where he is to experience the incredible. Now you can go down with the boat, you can give in to the storm, or you can cry out to the Lord. Right now there's somebody that needs to cry out to the Lord to be saved. You need to say, Lord, save me right now. That's your prayer. That's what you need to cry out. Cry out to him and he'll save you. He will. He said, if you would call my name, I will save you. Call on his name and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. God, I need you to save me. It's that clear. It's that simple. It's a free gift. Receive him right now into your heart. Maybe you've trusted Christ. But like Peter, you're overwhelmed in your storm. Like the disciples, you have a choice. Stay in the boat. Go down with the boat. Be overwhelmed by the storm. Or cry out to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want to be where you are. Lord, right now, I need to be at your feet. The Lord said he would never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to let you drown. He's the Lord of your journey. He's ordained every step you are taking, including this one today. Trust him in that moment. Say, God, it's been impossible for me. You fill in the blank. But Lord, today, I want to get out of that boat, that boat that has written on the back, impossible. Lord, I want to be where you are. I want to experience the incredible, the unexplainable. God, today, I trust you to do a miracle in my life, in my story, in my journey. I don't know what that means for you right now, but Jesus does. And immediately, right in this moment, the Lord is reaching out into that pain, that doubt, that hurt. Take hold. And let him take you to your desired haven, that safe place. Let him hush the storm. And then do what they did when he got into the boat with the disciples. It says that they all worshipped him who was the Lord of the storm. Like the psalmist, give God thanks right now. Say, God, thank you for your wonderful work, for the glory of who you are, and give him praise. We'd like to share with you what God's doing. Jesus often said, if you will confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. There is something important about publicly acknowledging what God's doing in our life you take some moments right now to reach out to us online you can do that through your church center app you can do that through an email and take some time and just say here's what God's doing would you pray for me in this we're in this together just like the disciples in the boat with Peter we'd love to rejoice with you we'd love to pray for you you can email us at ministry at pcbc.tv or again connect on the app church center app and let us know what God's doing thank you for being a part of this worship today be reminded that Wednesday night we will not be having Awanas this week. We will be pretty much shut down, it looks like, for the weather. 
But all of us have time to practice what we've been looking at in Scripture. All of us have time, hunkered down at home, to spend time at the feet of Jesus. Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv slash podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.